We are uh, continuing our study of the Tehillim. I know today's Thursday. We had a little uh, mitzvah to attend to yesterday. So today, uh, Thursday morning, we will uh, continue our uh, quest and journey through the book of Tehillim of David HaMelech Shalom. This is the uh, the project uh, of the Medeb family in memory of their mother and wife. And this is Lily Medeb Shalom. Le'ah Lily Bat Adonai Amen. Our learning uh, clearly is for her memory and for her spiritual elevation in Olama Amen. <clears throat> we are moving at a consistent pace. Uh, we do one chapter uh, a week. Again, in these shi'urim, we don't uh, claim to explain every single word, and uh, it's not an ulpan on the tehillim. You know, if you want to do that, uh, there are very, very good books that are available today. An art scroll has made both a Hebrew version and an English version of the tehillim, <clears throat> where you could really get we uh, accepted upon ourselves to try to um, to try to explain at least a theme or two, or a lesson, practical lesson, just so we could have a uh, connection a connection to the chapter. And, uh, since I am here alone in the synagogue, I am also the producer and in charge of all these gadgets to make sure that they are uh, working at optimum potential. I'm getting a message here that says the bandwidth is limited. Okay, not too sure what that means, but. So our chapter begins, uh, Song of David, I'm not saying as the conductor again, all these chapters were eventually written, uh, music was put to them, they were given to the conductor, and they would sing them. So David Melech uh, says the following, now pay attention, you're going to see in two pesukim, the same word repeated no less than four times, which obviously will catch your attention. Now keep in mind there's only Six pesukim in the whole chapter. So the pasuk says in Bet Adana Adonai Tishkaheni Netzach. Until when Adana would be like Admatai? Until when are you going to forget me, God, forever? Adana Tastid et Panecha Memeni. Until when are you going to conceal yourself from me? Adana Ashit Etzot Benapshi. Until when am I going to have to seek out ideas for my soul? Until when are my enemies going to uh, be above me? And therefore, David Amelech says under all these situations, which seems that he's talking about different troubles that uh, befall him or his children, Therefore, God, look and answer me. Obviously, David was afraid of death. So therefore, he asked God, enlighten my eyes from, from the slumbers of death. Lest my enemies say I was able. Sarai yagilu ki emot. My adversaries will rejoice when I fall. And therefore, David Amelech says regarding me, Ba'ani batahti. I put my uh, faith in your kindness. My heart rejoices in your salvation. Ashira ladonai ki ramal alai. And I sing to God because he has done. Uh, he has done good for me. He has paid me. So that is the uh, that is the chapter. We'll explain it based on 
both the commentary of Minhat Arif and the commentary of Rav Hida in Homat Anach. Actually, we don't have to go to the Ahanonim to understand the theme of this chapter. Forgive me, we could just read Perush Rashi and he puts us on the on the derech. Ad ana arba'a pa'amim keneged arba'a malkuyot. Oh. So David Amelech over here in a obviously Ruach HaKodesh. David Amelech, you have to remember, was one of the early Nevi'im. Besides being a king, David was a Navi. One of the early Nevi'im, as Rashi says in Masechet Ta'anit. And David HaMelech foresaw the future. He saw the, uh, the four exiles that the Jewish people are going to endure. And therefore, Ad'ana, 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 until when, until when, until when, until when, each one is referring to a different Galut. Uh, so now it's incumbent upon us to try to figure out how each Ad'ana is referring to a specific Exile. Well, we know the four Galuyot are Galut Babel was the first one. Then you had Parasu Madai, that's the time of uh, Megillat Esther. And then you have Galut Yavan, that's Hanukkah. And then you have the Galut that we're still enduring, the longest of them combined, which is Galut Edom, Galut Esav. Now, uh, the Hachamim tell us that the first Galut, Galut Babel, actually was supposed to be unending. Uh, we weren't supposed to get a second chance. Uh, and um, if you remember in Megillat Echa, when we read it, it's just referring to the first destruction. Over there we say, Because we really thought that the first exile is going to be uh, it's going to be forever. You know, strike one, you're out. And uh, the reason why we got saved, if you remember, was because of the prayers of Rahel Imenu. When the Jewish people left to go to Galut Babel, so it says, Rahel Mevaka Al Baneha. And as a result of our prayers, so God came along and said, Fine. Without the prayers of Rahel Imenu, it seems that the exile of Babel would have been a Netzah. So as a result, the first Ad'ana, David says, until when are you going to forget me? In the Galut of Netzah. The Galut of Netzah is the Galut of Babel, which was the Galut that should have been the, the unending had it not been for the prayers of Rahel And I will point out Rabbi Moshe David Wali in his uh, interpretation to the Tehilim, he uh, explains it, Sod, the Tehilim. It's very, very nice, Perush. And he tells us that we know that in the Sefirot, right side always represents Hesed and left side would always represent judgment. We always try to get the Hashpah from the right side. And on the right side is Nesach. Nesach is on the right side. Hod is on the left side. Uh, Hod is the same letters as Dava. Dava means, you know, sickness and worries and trouble. Kolayom Dava. That's Hod. That's left side. Which Nesach uh, is on the right side, which is actually influenced by the Midot that are on the right side. Um, you know, the, the right side is, uh, as we call it, uh, Hachan. Hachan is Chokhmah, Chesed, Nesah. That's the right column. Hachan. Chokhmah, Chesed, and Nesah. So once the Jewish people went into Galut, so obviously the Hashpa'a of the side of Nesah was not uh, producing. So therefore, in Galut, David Nesach. Why did you forget uh, the Hashpa'ah that comes from the right side, which reaches us through through Nesach? So that would be an, uh, the remez apiasod. Why Galut is hinted to, uh, in this case, Tishkacheni Nesach. It's not referring to the to the length of the Galut. It's referring to that Galut is a um, is a is a is is a um, a uh, 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 leaving of Nesach and going to Hod. Well, if that's the case, when we go to the next Galut, I think it's clear which the Galut is referring to. Ad'ana tastir et panecha mimeni. The Gebarah asks, uh, 
Esther mina Torah minay. Where is Queen Esther uh, hinted in the Torah? Uh, I guess the assumption is that even though we don't, you know, we don't need Queen Esther to be in the Torah, there's a whole Megillah named after her. But nonetheless, uh, we know that everything that happens in the world is forecasted before it happens in the Torah itself. So the Gemaraz wants to know where is Queen Esther? What is the the essence of Queen Esther's story hinted in the Torah? And the Pasuk says in the Anochi so God says, I'm going to conceal myself. Uh, what does it mean I'm going to conceal myself? In the story of Queen Esther Abotai, what's unique is we don't find any supernatural miracles. It just looks like a string of events uh, that um, are all not related to each other, things that are really not uh, uh, dramatic. You know, one event leads to another event, another event. And when you look at the story as a whole, you say, wow, look at the Hashkah of Hashem. All these events actually connected to each other. The events that happened in the third year would influence the events that happened in the twelfth year and the parties and all the uh, all the things. So ultimately, it's a Kadosh Baruch Hu running the world through divine providence. However, as opposed to Yitziat Mitzrayim, which was mamash the opposite of Hastarat Panim. And Yitziat Mitzrayim was, um, it was explicit, it was apparent the story of uh, Queen Esther is behind the scenes. Uh, so that's why the Pasuk says, So it's hinting to us of the Hastarat Panim that was in the time of Megillat Esther, which is Parasumadai. Uh, the next exile was Galut Yavan. Now Galut Yavan, Rabotai, is a very, very unique Galut, different than the other exiles. Whereas in Galut Yavan, they were not coming after our bodies. That was uh, the story of Purim. Haman wanted the Jewish body obliterated. Lashmid, Laharog, Ul Abed. Whereas when it came to the story of uh, Malchut Yavan, uh, their intention was uh, to not eradicate the Jews, but to eradicate uh, Judaism from the Jews. Like we say in the uh, uh, they wanted to get rid of the Torah. They had no problem with Jews. They just didn't want them to be Torah Jews. Uh, therefore, we might say that where uh, Purim was the galut of the goof, we might say that Hanukkah was galut nefesh. They were coming after the, the Jewish soul. That's why, by the way, it might explain to us the way we celebrate Hanukkah primarily is not by eating jelly donuts, although some of our members think that that's the main, uh, the main uh, avodah of uh, Hanukkah, how many jelly donuts they can consume in eight days, which, uh, to be honest, is miraculous uh, based on the numbers of some of our uh, members. But mostly the mitzvah of Hanukkah is to light nerot. There's nothing more spiritual than lighting a candle. Uh, whenever we want to light a ner to remember a neshama, which is spiritual, a candle is lit. Because they were going after the ner. They were going after the light of Torah, the spirituality. So the way we commemorate it is through, through a ner. Ironically, uh, I don't know what's going to be with this year, but, uh, you know, ironically, that's uh, the yeshivas give off on Hanukkah, which would probably be the, uh, the exact opposite uh, what they're supposed to do because that's what the, the Yivanim are trying to accomplish. So therefore, when it comes to the third Galut, the Pasuk says, I'm reading in Gimal, Elkan, you need something? Okay, now you need to look for it. So it, it, it says, uh, it says in Pasuk uh, Gimal, Ad'ana Ashit Etzot so here you see until when Ashit Etzot are they going to make plots benafshi in my nefesh, in my soul, which is, uh, he didn't say bigufi, uh, he refers to it as nafshi, which was galut yavan. Yagon bilbabi yomam. So that would be that one. And then the last exile. Is referred to yarum Until when is my enemy going to be above me? 
Yarum. It's going to be on top of me. So the Manhat Adiv over here quotes a, uh, a very, very interesting uh, Midrash. Uh, the Midrash says that um, the Midrash says uh, this is referring to Galut Esav. Why? Or Edom. Bal Esav there's a Hazal that says Yaakov Abinu in the dream with the ladder. So we saw Malachi Olim He also saw the enemies of Bnei Yisrael Olim They're going to have their uh, their day in the spotlight, and then they're going to to fall. However, it says He saw all the enemies Olim Except for Esav, he saw him going up and up and up. He doesn't come down. He got, he got worried about this. On this it says, which means until when is my enemy going to be Yarum? Uh, when is he going to go up? So that is referring to the Galut of Esav. As a result, David Melech in the last Pasuk says, Now I'm reading from Rav Hida. He learns that David Melech is confident that God will save us from all four exiles. Now we know already three are in the bank. So three Baruch Hashem came through, and therefore we have what's called the Hazakah. So if there's a Hazakah that God saved us from the third egg, three exiles, we know that the fourth exile, it has to be. Everybody agrees that this Hazakah b'shlosha. So Rav Hida writes, I had faith that Babylonia was going to be redemption. And we came out of Babel 70 years. I am going to be rejoiced in your redemption. That's Parasu Madai. That's Purim. I will sing to Hashem. So therefore we have all uh, all the four Galuyot hinted in the prayer of David or in anticipation for redemption in the last Pasuk. Now, little uh, little flavor of the Rabbeinu Ari Rabotai, just to understand a drop deeper. This is a concept that we see many times in the books of the Mekubalim, that they explain to us what is one of the reasons why Bori Olam has put us in Galuyot and scattered us around the world. Uh, they explain it that after the Chet of Adam Rishon, so there's what we call uh, the Rapah Nitzotzot Shel Kedushah, or Rapah Nitzotzim. There's 288 sparks of Kedushah that have fell into, uh, we'll call it captivity. And uh, as a result of the sins. And our job is really to collect them. Uh, it's almost like a scavenger hunt. We have to go all around and collect these nitzotzot. And once we retrieve the last of the rapah nitzotzim, so then already we'll be able to uh, make the final tikkun Mashiach will come. The Rabbeinu Ari alludes to this right in the beginning of the Torah. When it says that... Uh, you know, so the Benu Ari tells us that, or the Midrash tells us that right in the beginning of the creation, Olam predicted to us the four exiles. And the four exiles are hinted to in the four different terminologies Tohu, Vavohu, Hoshech. And Tehom. Uh, Toho would be Galut Babel, Bohu would be Parasumadai, Hoshech is Malkut Yaban, Sheikh Shikhu, and Hemshri Yisrael because they're not Tehem, and Tehom, which is the abyss. The, the Tehom is unending. That's Galut Edom, which just doesn't end. It's a Tehom, it's an unending black hole. But the Midrash does not tell us that why did it have to be like that? Why does God send us all over the world for thousands of years? The Jewish people are, are scattered uh, in every direction. Why is it? 
because these nitzotzot of Kedusha, the Rapach that we talked about, that uh, as a result of the Chet of Adam Rishon, the, the Hakamim tell us that uh, they scattered all over the world. So therefore, Borei Olam brings Jews to these locations, and through our observance of mitzvot and Torah and Avodat Hashem, so we're able to collect the nitzotzot. We don't have a apparatus rabotai, uh, like a Geiger counter. Maybe you saw somebody at the beach one day. He has this, uh, you know, mechanism that he uses in order to retrieve, you know, lost uh, money. Some people have, uh, you know, rings and expensive jewelry that they lost at the beach, and he carries this Geiger counter. Uh, usually, they end up finding bottle caps and uh, other, uh, you know, things uh, that are uh, really not so worthy. But it keeps them busy. We don't have a Geiger counter in order to uh, retrieve Nitzotzot. Elaborate Olam puts Jews in different locations, all from the Hashkaha. And it's, if you find yourself in a certain place, that means Borei Olam put you in that place because there must be a tikkun to be made in that place uh, in order to retrieve the Nitzotzot. Now, I know some of you are thinking to yourself, wow, it takes so much, so many years. It's only 288 of these Nitzotzot. Why is it taking so long? It's almost 6,000 years already. And I'll even make the question stronger that the Ben Arizal said, the Ben Arizal said that in Mitzrayim, that was a hub of Nitzotzot in that location. That's why we needed to stay there for 210 years. And there was a lot of Avodah. And by the time we came out, the Pasuk says, Mitzrayim. we cleaned it out. And the Ben Arizal learns that that's the reason why we weren't allowed to go back to Mitzrayim because there's no reason to go back. It's finished. You did your job there. They, 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 they put a a, a, a police uh, a, a ticker, a tape over there. That's it. No, no entry. You, you're done. Why waste your time? And he writes that they actually were able to recover 202 of the Nitzotzot. Uh, like it says in the Pasuk, many times you'll see the Pasuk, it'll say uh, that the Jewish people went down to Egypt, Lishbor Bar, in order to, to get uh, Bar. Bar would mean wheat because there was a famine. Ben Ali says Bar is 202. Uh, or the, the Pasuk would say, Rav, Od Beni Yosef, Hai. My son is alive, but Yaakov uses the word Rav. You see that word used a lot, Bar, Rav, to hint to us that the 202 Nitzotzot were retrieved. So from then, from Yisiyah Mitzrayim until today, we're really only working on 86. It seems that Every time we do a mitzvah, we're not retrieving an entire nitzot. We're retrieving a, a small little fragment of the nitzots. So it takes a collective of Klai Israel in order to make the tikkun. And since they're all over the world, these nitzotzot, so therefore, hence the reason of, uh, of Galut. Now that being said, uh, Rabbeinu Ari says, Tohu vavohu v'choshech al penetehom v'ruach Elohim Merachefet. He takes the word Merachefet and he says Merachefet, the first letter of Merachefet is a Mem. And the last letter of Merachefet is a Taf, which stands for Met. And the middle letters of Merachefet is Rapach. So Merachefet is actually Met Rapach. That if the, the, the reason for the Tohu, Vavohu, and Hoshech HaPeneteom is in order to retrieve the Nitzotzot of Kedushah, because met Rapach, we lost the Rapach Nitzotzim, therefore Galut is actually a, uh, a prerequisite to Geulah. Morelam sends us all over the world. Uh, that explains also another strong question. When the Jewish people traveled in the Midbar, so we know there was the Membet Masaot, the 42 travelings, the different station stops that they made <clears throat> from when they came out of Mitzrayim until until they got to Eretz Israel, the Membet Masaot. Uh, we've explained, I think, once that uh, everybody in life uh, also takes Membet Masaot. And the Baal Shem Tov said, everybody in their personal life goes through 42 different, you know, trials or tribulations. And I added that, uh, you know, the last Masa is Membet, Miami Beach. That's where everybody ends up. That's the final uh, Masa. Everybody, Wherever they start off, Mimbet is, uh, they get to 70 years old, boom, they move to Miami Beach. <clears throat> in any event, I heard that actually from Rabbi Galamidi, the Marad Atra of Safra uh, Synagogue in Miami. I have to say it, B'Shem Omro. Anyway, the question that I always ask on that is, 
in some locations, the Jewish people would stay for a few years, and then the cloud would start to move, and then they would go to the next location. And in other locations, they only stayed overnight. So it seems very, very random, the travel pattern. Why is it in some places there was a long stay, and in other places it was a short stay? And according to the Benu Ari, it all depended on how many nitzotzot of Kiddushah were in that location, how much tikkun was needed. So therefore, the more nitzotzot that were there, the more avodah, Jewish people were learning Torah, they were doing chesed, so they needed more, uh, more work. Uh, now, Rabbeinu Ari revealed to us that there's certain shemot kedoshim that if a person knows how to mechaven these shemot, so you're able to accomplish different uh, different feats, different uh, you know uh, results. There are actually seventy-two special shemot, and each one of these shemot is three letters. They're actually derived from three pesukim in Parashat B'Shalach. It may be worthy one day to go through the seventy-two shemot and try to explain what each one does, more or less. But today. I'll explain to you what the Arizal writes, uh, the holy Shem, Yud Lamid Yud. Yud Lamid Yud. It's a Shem. Now, we never heard of such a Shem, but what does it do? So Rav Hida tells us that that's the Shem, Shehu Mevarer Nitzotzea Kiddushah. That the Tzadikim, that when they get to a certain place, uh, the mechaven, this the shem, and it's mevarer nitzotzot. It 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 it, it, it uh, makes a tikkun. And the Arizal actually revealed it to us in a pasuk in our chapter, the last pasuk of the chapter that talks about the four galuyot says, "Ani and I rely on you. I trust you. Look like at the last three letters of the Perek. The last letter of Ki, Sofetevot, is a Yud. Gamal is a Lamed. And Alai is a Yud. Sofetevot, Yud, Lamed, Yud. David Melech, of course, was a Mekubal. And therefore, in the chapter that talks about Galut, he hinted us the shame to be mevareni tzotzot. Therefore, when the Jewish people are in Babel, they mechaven ki gamal alai. And that's a, a, a good uh, a kabanat to have, that whenever a person finds himself in a certain place, what am I doing over here? You say, v'ani b'hazdecha batahti yagel libi b'shuratech ashir al-adonai ki gamal alai. Just say, ki gamal alai. Mechaven yud lamid yud. Maybe even, even if a person does a mitzvah in a certain place. Why did I do the mitzvah in this location? You say to yourself, Ki gamal alai. Ki gamal alai. First of all, God did me a favor that I was able to serve him. But Ki gamal alai sofetevot. And I'm able to, to bring the nitzotzot from that place and, uh, and retrieve them. Uh, that's uh, the kabana at the end of this chapter. As a matter of fact, if you look in Parashat Mas'eh, which talks about the membet Masa'ot, I made the following observation. It says, uh, These are the tribes of B'nai Israel. And if you look at the Sofet <coughs> Tevot of Mas'eh B'nai Israel, again, you have a Yud, a Yud and a Lamed, which is hinting to us that the purpose of Mas'eh B'nai Israel was in order to based on this, uh, the Kavan of the Shem. So that would be the, the simple explanation uh, if we had to review what the theme of the chapter is, David Melech saw the four Galuyot. David Melech gave us a feature of each one of the Galuyot. Galut Babel is the Galut of Netzah. Galut of Parasumadai is Tastir. Galut of Yaban is Etzot Benafshi. And Galut of uh, Edom is Yarum Oyebi Alai, the longest one. David Melech makes a prayer that we should be saved. But then he reminds us that all this is because Kigamal Alai Tzotzot Al Shem Kadosh Yud Lamed Yud. David Amalek is certain 
that there's going to be a redemption. And when we get the redemption, Ashira la Hashem, just like we sang when we came out of Mitzrayim, Ashira la Hashem, there's going to be what we call Shira Hadasha, a new Shira, a new song uh, that we're going to sing at the time of the final redemption. Now, Rabotai, that we have the theme of the chapter clarified and understood, more or less. Now I'd like to say the Musad of the chapter, which I think is connected. There is a, um, a famous Mishnah at the end of Masechet Sota. The end of Sota, it gives us the, the telltale signs of what has to happen before the Mashiach arrives. It talks about different, uh, you know, uh, phenomenon that are going to take place in the world. And when you start to see these things happening and you start to check them off, it's okay, this happened, that happened, okay, you know, bucket list. And then you say, okay, that's it, Mashiach is going to come. Uh, for example, it says that chutzpah uh, yesge, there's going to be a lot of chutzpah in the world. Now that's, uh, that's an understatement. Uh, I think we can check that off. Uh, we see uh, children will not respect their parents. Unfortunately, you don't have that same respect anymore. Uh, uh, elders will be disrespected by the youth. Just be in the olden days when an old man gets on the train, you know, everybody stands up. Today, nothing. They step on him. They spit on him. They say uh, nothing. They don't even look at him. So that's uh, the disrespect for, for the elders. Uh, people of religion are going to be despised. We see what's going on in, uh, in New York today. We see what's going on in Israel. There's not going to be emit. You're not going to be able to find the truth. Anyway, if you want to see uh, a really a Mishnah of current events, what's going on in the world, open up that last Mishnah, and then the end of the Mishnah says, At the end of the day, uh, we are only going to be able to rely on Akadosh Baruch Hu. What it sounds like is that it's telling us that at that time it's going to be so complicated and so confusing and so, uh, you know, uh, so dark that we're going to only be able to put our trust We're not going to be able to trust government. We're not going to be able to trust uh, the banks, we're not going to be able to trust the military, we're not going to be able to trust our own uh, argument. Okay. I should, I guess, put this on a airplane mode. So therefore, but I saw a, uh, a wonderful explanation. It's actually based on, based on our chapter. There's a, uh, there's a concept that says that, and it's based, I guess, on Harambam in the Morin Nebuchim, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, reveals his providence based on the emunah that we have on him. It seems that hashkaha is directly related in ratio to the reliance that we have on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the tzaddik that puts his total faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so Borei Olam says, I will come through for such a person. But the more a person trusts himself, and thinks that he could do it himself, and he just needs Hashem, you know, but siata, just as help, but he's able to really do it himself. Or like some people, when they pray, uh, their kabbana is, just Borei Olam, don't, don't ruin it. Don't ruin it for me. I know what to do. Just, just uh, I know you have the ability to ruin it, so just uh, let, let me handle it. Just stay away. So Borei Olam says, to the extent that you don't think that you need me, so I will leave you to the, to the teva, to the nature, and I will leave you to the, uh, the winds of uh, nature and time and see how far you can get without me. 
Whereas the tzaddik says, I know I can't take one step without you. And I know I can't make one move without you. It doesn't have to be a major, even a small thing. I must rely on you to succeed. I once saw an unbelievable shot based on a statistic that they, they've showed me. The statistic says that most accidents, car accidents, take place within five miles of a person's home which means to say most car accidents happen locally. Now, you would have thought, ah, locally, we know the streets. You know, those, uh, it's our neighborhood. We say, oh, when you travel, and you don't know the roads and highway traveling, where you're traveling 70 miles an hour, whatever it is, kilometers, few people. But the point is, uh, 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 you know, then you'd say, uh, that's it. But the explanation, and of course, the, the, the Department of Motor Vehicles has their shot on it. But I didn't come to explain their shot. I came to say what I, I, I want to say, that, the pshat is like this. When a person is going on a big trip, what does he do? First, he says, Tefilat And, you know, on the way out, the guy gives him a dollar. This is Sedakah money. When you get over there, you give it to the first Ali that you see. And, uh, you know, his mother tells him, Derech uh, Shalom, and Hashem should be with you. In Arabic, our grandmother usually tells, Alamak, God should be with you. And therefore, you get, and we understand. But when a person tells his mother, uh, okay, Ma, I'll be back in five minutes. I'm going to the pizza store. She doesn't say, oh, take a dollar. Take a... Don't forget to fill out the derech. God should bless you. I'm going to the pizza store. What's the shot? Because we think, I don't need God for five minutes to get to the pizza store. I need him to go on a hundred-mile trip. That's what happens. Go to five minutes. That's where the accidents happen more at that moment over there. You think that you don't need God? But you can that place where you put your reliance on yourself. That's when already... A person falls the most. And when the person says, no, no, I need you, Borei Olam, I can't do this without you, then Borei Olam says, are you trust? Where you put your faith, that's exactly where you're going to succeed. Uh, I think we once explained this uh, based on a, another phenomenon, uh, the fish phenomenon. Uh, the fish phenomenon goes something like this. There was a, uh, a big sadiq and he wanted to teach a lesson to his uh, students. So he brought a big fish into the classroom. Uh, it was not Erev Shabbat. And the students were saying, what is this rabbi bringing the fish over here, a fish story? And the rabbi uh, said to the, to the students, you see this fish over here? Yes. And he said, I want to show you an ma- amazing hadush. And he splits the belly of the fish open. And the uh, rabbi says, what do you see? They say, we see small fish in the belly of the big fish. Uh, you are correct on that. Now, what else do you see? So the student said, well, we see something that we are shocked, but we cannot explain it. The uh, direction of the small fish, exactly. The direction of the small fish and the big fish is actually uh, tail to head, which means it seems that the small fish have swam into the big fish head first. That's the direction they're in. So the rabbi says, why are you shocked? So the rabbi said, uh, the student said, because we would expect that the small fish are running away and the big fish catches them by their tail. But it seems over here that they actually, you know, swam right in. The rabbi says, your observation is correct. Does anybody have a perush to this? Of course, they did it. And the rabbi went on to explain. The rabbi came along uh, and he explained the uh, mentality of these fish. You see, the small fish know they're in danger. They know that um, they uh, have to protect themselves from the being prey to the big fish. So they make a deal with God. They say, Bore Olam, listen, we only have eyes in front of us. We don't have eyes in our back. So please, Bore Olam, we need you to protect us from behind. We don't have a rear view mirror. If you ever saw a fish, they don't have a rear view mirror. So therefore, we need help from behind. And they basically tell God, from the front, we're okay. We can see uh, what's in front of us. So Borei Olam says, no problem. Where you put your faith from behind, you will succeed. A fish never gets eaten from his tail. But where you put your own trust that you could fix and see what's in front of you, guess what happens? The fish always will stumble and swim right into the mouth of the big fish. Where you put your reliance on God, God always will come through. And where you put your reliance on yourself, then already the person fails. And 
the way they learned that Mishnah at the end of Masechet Sota is that that principle that en lanu ella al abinu is actually uh, a a condition before Mashiach can come. So long as people are going to rely on themselves and they think, oh, we're okay, we have the United States. Oh, we have President Trump. Oh, we have, uh, you know, uh, uh, we have money. Oh, we have an escape. We can go move to that location over there. Oh, we have money in the bank. We have cash. Oh, we have uh, uh, a friend and such. As long as we're going to still think that Although we need God, but we're good. We have we have options. You know, if this happens, you know, we have Eretz Israel. We can always move to Eretz Israel. No, we have, we have we have an escape route over there. As long as people think that they have options, and God is just uh, like I said, a siatat but they don't put their full reliance on God, then the Mashiach cannot come. When will Mashiach come? Now this is a condition. The end. When we come to that reality that we cannot put our reliance on anybody but God, now Bono says, okay, you reach not rock bottom, you reach the top of the rock. Rock bottom means when you still think you could do it. That's rock bottom. What Elam says, now you've reached rock top, the top of the rock, the top of the hill. That you come along and say, we, we thought that this one is going to take care of it, that one will handle it, and we have all our measures of hishtadlut that we feel that we can always uh, uh, problem solve an issue. And Borea Olam says, until you come to the recognition that you can't do anything, that it's all me, you're not going to become safe. And slowly, slowly, you see it's happening, Rabotai. All the different institutions that we trust, trusted, we're starting to realize, you can't trust them. They have no uh, credibility. And slowly, slowly, we're coming to the realization as part of the messianic moment that without Borei Olam, we can't do nothing. You know, all those uh, uh, institutions that we put our trust and faith in, uh, we're coming to the conclusion that, like it says on the dollar bill of the American United States, in God we trust. That's going to be the ultimate uh, uh, redeemer of Christ. Based on this sabotai, I'd like to explain a very, very, very interesting halakha in the Shohan Aruch. And I'd like to say a Musad on it. There is a uh, law, it's brought down in Harambam as well, uh, that says, Hadabuk lahashem melefanav en hashem mekadesho vehu nimhak. Vahadabuk lahashem meleaharav hashem mekadesho let me uh, let me teach you this halakha. It's a very very interesting halakha. We know, let's say, the name of uh, Hashem Yudke Bavke. We also know that there are certain letters that you're able to put as a prefix to the name of Hashem. Uh, for example, uh, we could say Ashream Shekachalo. Uh, you put a sheen before the yudke bavke. Now let's say you have that, that, that we'll, we'll make it very simple. Let's say you have that word, shehashem. Now we know you're not allowed to erase yudke bavke. You can never erase Hashem's name. The she'ela is, are you allowed to erase the sheen that you have now attached to Hashem's name? I could argue and say, that once you attach something to Hashem's name, it becomes Kodesh because of the name of Hashem, and therefore it takes on the stringency of not being able to erase it. However, that is not the halakha. The halakha says, that somebody or a letter that is attached to God as a prefix, in Hashem the name does not sanctify it. You're able to erase it. That's the uh, that's the law. However, let's take the name uh, uh, Elokim. Elokim is the name of God. Aleph Lamed Hey Yud Mem. That's a holy name. Now let's say I make a conjugation of the name of Elokim and I say Elohechem. 
So I added the suffix chem, chafmim. Well, it's also attached to a holy name of Hashem. What is the status of a suffix, a, an add-on to the name of Hashem, me'aharav, at the end of the name? So the halacha writes clearly on this, that that if it's a suffix and it's attached to the end of the name, so it says, Hashem Mekadesho, the name sanctifies it. That is the end where you cannot erase it. So according to the Musa Rabotai, I believe we're able to learn a halacha. There are some people that are attached to Kadosh Baruch Hu. They believe in a Kadosh Baruch Hu. They're considered ma'aminim, b'nei ma'aminim. They're considered religious people. But their attachment to God is melefanav. They believe that they come first. They believe that they could do it. They can handle it. They have the brains. They have the smart. Although they believe they need Hashem. Because ultimately, you always need Hashem. For, they look at Hashem almost as if, it's like you go to a rabbi before you have a business deal. And you want to get a berachah from the rabbi. Now, you know the rabbi is not doing the business deal. You're doing the business deal. You just want the rabbi to give you a, uh, you know, a berachah that it should uh, you know, succeed in the best way. So to them, they believe also, of course, they pray to God. But they pray, listen, Olam, I know what to do. I know exactly what to do. Just give me the strength that I should be able to execute. And if I can do it, then uh, uh, it'll be very good. So they... You know, they believe that they just need the help from God, or that God should not sabotage them. But they also know that God can spoil it for them. They know that as well. So they're praying to God, please don't, don't uh, stay out of the way. Let me, let me just handle it over here. Don't, 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 don't curse it out. So that would be considered davuk uh, They come first. And then Hashem is secondary. And what do we say about such people? Nimhak. They're erased. They don't put their reliance on God. But then you have other people uh, th- that they say, listen, I can do nothing. You know, even the Pasuk says uh, that you must know. That God gives us the strength to succeed. Now, if you look at the Targum, Unkelus, uh, on that Pasuk in Parashat Ekeh, he learns it much different. He doesn't know that God gives you the strength. He says, God gives you the idea. That means when a person has an idea, you know what? I'm going to buy this product and sell it. And then the guy, and it worked. He's, wow, well, let me tell you what a genius idea I had. Yeah, Tipesh, that idea came from God. Who gave you that idea? So already you're coming along to say, oh, of course. That's why, yeah, no, Hashem is definitely Barakah. No, you're putting yourself first. Person has to come along and say, You can't believe it. I'm a nothing. All of a sudden, one day, a light went on in my head that's from God. So, therefore, when a person is where he attaches himself to God after God, he says, God is first. Without Olam, I can't get out of the box. I can't even make one simple, simple idea of success. And that's the, uh, I give you an example where, where you see it. Take the Jewish people in the uh, in the Midbar. In the Midbar, nobody was able to think for a second that they can exist on their own and they just need God to help. In the Midbar, there's no water supply. In the Midbar, there's no kiosks where they could buy food. The conditions in the Midbar are uh, brutal. Uh, there's cold weather at night, very, very hot in the day, and the desert uh, primarily is uh, a location of Nahash Saraf Akrav, of all wild uh, snakes and scorpions. There's really no way naturally you can exist in the Midbar. So in the Midbar, it was very, very easy for the people to say, we cannot go one second without God. It's not Siyata Dishmaya, it's Dishmaya. It's all Dishmaya. We, 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 we are not contributing anything. It's not like we'll make a Hishtadlut to get water. Where are you going to start? Where are you going to get water from? You can dig 100 miles in the Midbar, you're not going to hit water. So therefore, God says, you put your total reliance on me, now you're going to see what's going to happen. You'll see unbelievable things that happen. In a place where there's not a possibility to have water, you'll have water. Crisp, fresh water. Not only that, you'll have food that's delivered to your step every day. 
Not only that, they'll have clouds of glory, glory that give you ventilation during the day and they give you warmth at night. Now, are not going to be a factor, but that's only because we put reliance totally on God. But again, if they think that they're doing something, it's them and God, which we, it's me plus God, and so what, what, what's the classic example of that? I'll give you the classic example is the uh, is the Meraginim, the spies. I know we're not in the parasha of the spies, but I'm gonna, uh, that's the proof that I like to bring today, with your permission. In the case of the spies, what happens? They go to Eretz Israel. Now, they believed that for them to succeed, they're going to have to have military prowess and it's going to have to work according to according to the natural orders. So when they came back, they said, listen, uh, we don't see how we could do it over here. Well, that's your mistake. You're not doing anything. You're not doing anything. They thought that they're going to help. Once already they thought they're going to help, that was their undoing, which means the Miragilim are a classic example of Hashem. They believe in God, but Melifanav. And that's why if you look at when Moshe Rabbeinu rebukes them about the sending of the Beragilim, what does the Pasuk say? You said, That was your problem, that you were your attachment to God was before the Shem. You thought you come first. Furthermore, if you remember when Yoshua and Caleb, who were the two good spies, what did they come along and say to the other spies? They said, your problem is that you're doing it Bahashem. You're being the The bed comes before the youth came after. Bahashem Altimrodu. Your merida is that you think you have a helicopter this here. You think that you need to be part of it. God's doing everything for us over here. What do you care if there's giants? What do you care if there's people dying? What do you care if there's walled cities? There's nothing. Ella, you think? No, of course, uh, uh, there's God, but Hishtadlut. We have to do it. We got it. At Bahashem Altimrodu. But that's the case. If you remember that when, when the Pasuk comes along and tells us, about Kalev and the Yoshua, what does it say? Or at least about Kalev, the Pasuk says, Ve'avdi Kalev, my servant Kalev, Ekev ha'ita ruach acheret. He had a different, different idea. Ve'male acharai. Ve'male acharai, according to what we're learning now, is he came after me, acharai. Whereas all the meragilim were melefanab. Kalev was netfal le'hakadosh baruch hu le'acharav. Ve'male and if that's the case, we can understand something, Rabotai, that we say in the Silichot. I know the Silichot season is over, and it would have been nice if we would have got this, uh, you know, again, during Elul. But I think you all know this, uh, this, uh, this chapter. Sarot Rabot Sivavun. Keranucha Adonai Elohenu. Hakta Mimenu Ba'avonenu. Shavnu Me'acharecha. Ta'inu Simple pshat. We've been surrounded by a lot of troubles. We called out to you, but you have distanced yourself. You don't answer us. Not because you don't hear us, but because of our sins. We have left from you. We have turned from you. Ta'inu ve'avadnu. We have strayed and we are lost. But based on this, Rabotai, we explain the Pasuk like this. You know why? You know why we don't have the divine providence? You know why we've been surrounded by Sarot Rabot? You know why? We call out to you and your distance from us? Because because we used to be but Instead of being nitfal me'achare Hashem, shavnu me'acharecha. Now we're nitfal kodem Hashem. And nitfal kodem Hashem nimhak. Be able to erase. We used to be following you. We used to have total betachon. And we have total betachon on God. But we have nothing to worry about. There's no sarot. There's no rabot. There's no nothing. But shavnu me'acharecha. We started to think that we could do it. I could do it. Kohi me'otsim yadi. 
And as long as you think that you're part of the equation, uh, one of the one of the members of our community went to uh, one of the big rabbis, Achim Yosef Raful, may it be well, and uh, he told them. Uh, he said, Rabbi, uh, I had uh, seven girls uh, that uh, I had to marry. And he married them all. It was a big uh, miracle. He married seven girls. And he says to the rabbi, and Hashem didn't help me with any of them. And the rabbi was shocked. Wow, Hashem didn't help you with any of them? He says, yeah, he did it all himself. <laughs> he didn't help me, which means I wasn't part of it. <laughs> he did it all himself. The rabbi smiles. That's a good answer. We, we think, yeah, I did it. And Hashem helped me. And, and, uh, Hashem didn't help me. I we had nothing to do with it. The seven were married, all from the Siyatah Dishmaya. But again, we have a hard time removing ourselves from the equation. You know, we always like to take some credit. You know, something. Where, and then we always use the famous word, Hishtadlut. is something you have to do because you have to do it. It's got nothing to do with the result. It's got nothing to do with the result. The result, all is from a Kadosh Baruch Hu. It's got zero to do with our uh, brains and our wisdom, uh, all from all from the Bore. And as much as a person believes it, I'll give you a proof to this. You remember the Gemara in, um, in Megillah? The Gemara in Megillah is trying to explain why would Queen Esther make a meeting with Haman? I mean, that was a strategy. She had a meeting with Haman. So the Gemara is trying to explain why did she do that? What was her strategy to make a meeting with Haman? So the Gemara says in Megillah Tedvav, Why did she invite Haman to a party? Because what was happening, the Jewish people in the back of their minds, on the front of their minds, what were they saying? Listen, Haman's a bad guy. He made a decree, but at the end of the day, Esther's Jewish. We have a, a Jewish queen. What could happen to us? Ultimately, the Jewish queen is going to... So they put their reliance on the Jewish queen. So Esther came along and made as if she's with Haman. So she invites him to a party. So the people say, oh my gosh, this is the one we were relying on? That caused them to turn to God. Esther knew that the redemption will not happen as long as they're relying on Esther. They have to redirect uh, 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 their emunah, uh, 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 not emunat Esther, but emunah na kadosh baruch Hu. And therefore, the botai was a calculated effort to reroute the emunah of Klai Yisrael. Now let's go back to our chapter. The chapter that talks about the four galuyot, and primarily we're more concerned about the galut that is still open-ended. You know, to us, it doesn't really matter so much about Bavel and Parasu Madai and Yavan. Uh, those are history. Those are holidays. But we don't have a holiday yet commemorating galut Edom. We're still suffering. And therefore, the Navi, David Amelik, is giving us the sword of how to get God to make a miracle for us to get out of this Galut. And now let me read the Pasuk. Pasuk Bet. God, until when are you going to forget us? Until when are you going to conceal yourself? In Pasuk Gimal comes the answer. As long as I think I have that I can do myself, that's it. That's God's going to forget you. As long as you think Ashit Aitzot Benafshi, I have this option, I have this uh, uh, proposition, I have this angle, I have this ishtadut, I have that connection, I have this influence. Ad'ana Ashit Aitzot Benafshi, as long as you think you can still do it yourself, then you have Ad'ana Tishkahani Netzah, Ad'ana Tasir Panecha Memeni. Until you get to the Madrigad, Al-Ain Lanu Al-Mil Isha'en. You can't say, well, we have a Jewish senator and we have a guy in the House of Representatives and there's a rich guy, very good guy, connected to the president. Uh, even if things don't go so good, we'll be able to push some buttons and we'll be able to... Uh, as long as you think you have that will be your mom and therefore every day you can do another uh, a plan. Finish. That's how long the Oyvim are going to be on top of you. 
as long as you think that Ashit Etzot Benafshi, Bore Olam says, you didn't get there yet. And that's really, uh, David Amel did us a great favor, not only hinting to us that about the four Galiot, but he actually told us where our direction of Imunas to be like the Rambam said, that the more a person puts his faith in God, the more the divine providence is manifest to that person. And Nabi concludes and says, Therefore, I only trusted you. I don't trust anybody else. Your kindness. And of course, I will rejoice. It's your redemption, not anybody else. My song exclusively is to God itself. So we should be zocher to pick up those last few nitzotzot that remain in the galut. And then Be'azat Hashem will answer the prayer of David HaMelech and will take the advice of En lanu amile hisha'en ela alabinu sheba shabbat. Okay, Rabotai. Let's chat.